0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's All About Perspective 2023. We are so grateful that you have joined us today. My name is Abigail Peterson. I'm from Kindergarten Chaos, and my co-host...
1: And I am Robert Hinchliffe, Principal of Tyrone Thompson, and the author of three books, not one, not two, but three uh, books, which are you can find on Amazon. But the third one comes out in December, and that's really part of leading into. Uh, the future of the podcast. So I don't know if Abby, if you want to.
0: Yes. Well, today is kind of bittersweet for both of us because we started this podcast back in 2020. We started with an idea and you approached me and said, Hey, are you interested in doing a podcast? And I was interested in doing a podcast. It was fascinating to me to learn how to set it up and start it and get it. Um, produced. And together, you and I have both worked to figure out what was the best um, producing software and how to do it. And we even, at the beginning, we even went to a studio and did it. Yeah, so did. It, it's been a long process and um, we have thoroughly enjoyed it, but all good things must come to an end. And um, today will be our final broadcast, our final podcast, um, of you and I together, and, um, you are going to be moving on to different things as well as I am. I'm sure some people are very happy about that and (laughs) others might be a little sad, but don't worry. I'm sure occasionally we'll get together to, to share our perspectives, but you have a new project coming up, so I can't wait to hear about it.
1: Yeah. Well, you were kind enough. I, I text you a little while ago, uh, one of the problems, really, with you and I is we both have so many kids and so many schedules, so it was always hard to coordinate when to do the podcast. And then we would hop on, and then something would happen, and so it was, it was a, it was a challenge. And I approached you and I said, "Hey, I've got this new project, and I was wondering if you'd let me do the podcast alone, and you being the gracious person that you are, like, yeah, sure, no problem, because uh, you have your own brand and your own stuff going on, and I'm just trying to, trying to start it. I'm not. I don't have huge aspirations, but um, I'll never be as big as kindergarten chaos, probably. (laughs) But um, really where it came down to is I just, um, I kind of got tied in with Dr. Brad Johnson. And he asked me out of the blue if I would co-author a book with him. And I said, of course I will. And then I thought, okay, well, if I got this, I might as well just kind of go off and try to build my own thing. Uh, So then... I finished the book, It's All About Perspective, which is available on Amazon now, uh, which is riveting, riveting text. Everybody should buy it, of course. Um, But anyway, you were kind enough to say, yeah, absolutely, go do your thing. And so kind of between uh, me being blessed to co-author this book with one of the top 30 gurus in education, and then just uh, kind of with the book I wrote about perspective, um, you were nice enough to be like, yeah, go do it. So here we are. I'm going to continue the podcast. That's my goal to go along with the book and, um, you know, with Dr. Johnson and I and um, have you back sometime. But my goal kind of is just to continue to do the podcast and invite different people on and see if I can kind of, I don't know, build a brand. But really, the goal is to just kind of make change or to get people talking about things. So so thank you to you for being kind enough to to be like, yeah, sure, go ahead.
0: Well, I have enjoyed the podcast so much, but over the course, we started in 2020 and over the course of three years, we have really talked about so many topics. I feel like we've talked the gamut of them all. Yeah. And so not that there's new things not, um, that we couldn't talk about, but I've enjoyed it. And like you said, there's just, we, we both have different um, goals and aspirations. And I've really learned over the last few years that there's sunshine for everyone and Coke and Pepsi can exist at the same time. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's interesting in the business world how people can be competitive and can really, you know, want to shut people down. And I just, there's sunshine, there's enough sunshine for everybody. And I feel mm-hmm. like if if this is something that you're passionate about and you want to carry on, by all means, I think, you know, whoever has the most passion for it, um, it there's no reason to let it die. You might as well right. just take it and carry on the torch. So I'm looking well, forward just, to yeah. seeing we're gonna what
1: see happens. Yeah, I want to keep it going. I'm gonna try. Just uh just get random, various people on there. You and I always had kind of a topic when we would go into it, whether it was uh canned curriculum or toxic positivity or or all kinds of topics. But kind of my goal is just to go more more just to have a conversation. So you're kind of the guinea pig today on uh, just random whatever comes up educational wise or personal wise or whatever. Um so, so kind of the last time I talked with you we, we haven't talked much. Again, Abby, if you don't know, she's busy. She's going on cruises and doing all <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And I'm of course traveling and got the five girls uh, and Christy. But um, we haven't talked for a while. One of the last things I I text you about is um our new curriculum. So for those of you who know I'm just gonna jump into this. Um, the district adopted a new curriculum. I'm not going to say it just cause, um, and I text you because I was like, Hey, I know your brand and I know what you're trying to do. And I really think we're going to need some engagement strategies for the new program resource, whatever you want to call it. And that's really the last time we've talked. So I don't know if you've looked at it or just jumping off point here.
0: So I have some questions for you because uh, the the Clark County School District, which is the district that you've had your career in and mine as well, um, they are putting out. Can you can you explain? Um, they're bringing out a literacy program and a science program, correct? What other we programs? We have a science they-
1: program already. We've already okay. had that. They're bringing out a phonics program and okay. and a reading curriculum. Uh, so. That they we plan have, to
0: implement this year.
1: They plan to. Okay. They plan for us to implement is really what it comes down to. Okay. Yes. So
0: so why this is different, how is this different than any other time?
1: For me personally, it's different because I'm not a program person. Um, the, because and, in and, the past it new. was kind
0: yeah, I was going to say it, because it's in new. the past it was kind of like purchase the program if you want
1: or – well, you didn't really have money to do it. So, I mean, you you know, programs are expensive; they're very expensive, and you throw that plus the fact that it's just not really my philosophical nature to have a program, and I just never really got into it. Plus, when I taught back in the day, I used trophies; um, I did not like it, and so I adapted kind of my beliefs to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've always been the belief like I don't care how you teach it or what you use, as long as you're standards based and but kids what makes are learning. It-
0: But what is making it different this go-round is that the district is purchasing it for everybody regardless, correct?
1: Yes, and they pretty much are mandating, for lack of a better word, that everybody uses it. Their reasoning is that we are very transient, and if a kid moves from Smith Elementary School to Thompson, they should be about the same area, Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing, and my... My counterpoint to that is that no two classrooms are alike, no two teachers are alike, no two school schedules are alike. Uh, And so I feel like we should be spending our time on teaching people how to use anything to teach standards, but they would make the counterpoint to me that people don't use the right things or they don't know how to do it. So it's it's kind of give and take a little bit.
0: So I find it interesting because if you recall in 2019, and I've actually shared this a couple times when I've been presenting professional development, there was three things that I told you in 2019. I said, Robert, I said, there's three things that are coming down the pike. I said, S-O-R, science of reading, trauma-enforced or mm-hmm. trauma-informed teaching, and Um, SEL, social emotional learning. And here we are in 2023. And those are very hot topics in Mm -hmm. education right now. And we're seeing, we're seeing them being implemented all over. And I just think it's, we've had podcasts where we've delved deep into science of reading and phonics, as well as social emotional learning. And I think one of the things that I do think is definitely necessary is there has to be a scope in a sequence for phonics because what, what we have seen, like you said, is if someone comes from Smith and comes to Thompson, there's gotta be a way to figure out where, wh- what they're missing, you know, are they missing um, our controlled vowels? Are they missing digraphs? Are they miss, you know, what, what exactly are they missing? Because, Without a program, without some sort of scope and sequence, we have willy nilly. We have teachers that are like, "Oh well, I don't think that's necessary. Oh well, that's not developmentally appropriate, or that's not this, or that's not that." And then we have we have students that cannot spell, cannot decode, cannot they're they're not the most effective and efficient readers. So I think it is. I think something is necessary. We've talked about this before. Um, is it a program? I don't know. I think that the district comes out and says, okay, we see these problems and this is how we're going to rectify it. And I think there's principals like you who say, I'm not interested. I can do it you know, on my own. Um, and then you have maybe some really strong teachers who can do that. And then I've also seen some teachers who cannot do that.
1: Right. So again, you're, you're pointing out reasons why I would understand why the district would do this. Um, I am more just of the belief that programs tend to slow people down uh, and it tends to be used as a for lack of a better terminology a crutch Um, you know we don't we're not teaching teachers how to teach we're teaching them how to be robots it's kind of my philosophy one of which i'm more than willing to to look at but i would rather have them have multiple resources and know which one's right for kids and have the flexibility to do things than to kind of have a, a canned thing. But I am finding that I am very much in the um, minority Minority with this. And I don't know. I mean, I'm always different. I've always been different, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my personal things I have to, I have to adapt. I'm saying I, the teachers at Thompson are going to have to adapt and it's going to be a challenge for some schools, that's going to fit right in because they live and breathe day by day by day, mm-hmm. page by page. And I am not that person, and so we'll see. We'll find a way to make it work. But um, one of the things I, I worry about too is the engagement piece. Really?
0: Well, and I think that's where I think that's where some of your PD uh, and your staff development days can come in because I think with any curriculum, you can. You know, good teachers can look at a curriculum and say, "Okay, here's what they're asking. Here's here's the start line. Here's the finish line. Now, what can I do to make this engaging? What can I do to get my students to master this content, but in a fun and engaging way? And I I think I think teachers are doing that anyways with the standards. So can they take it from a unit in the book or, you know, a specific, um part of of the curriculum. I think they're kind of doing that anyways. It's just now you just have an expensive set of teachers' manuals and things to go along with it.
1: Yeah, and I struggle too with the idea that if you have a student that's at the 99th percentile, you know, for example, Abby, you have a kid that comes in and they're at a DRA 18 and I and I mean let's go to second grade because that's just more in the middle. You have a second okay. grader that's at the 99th percentile and they read the sixth grade level. Um, and you're going to make them quote unquote exposed to a second grade story every week that we're covering so that everybody in the district covers it. I struggle with that because that kid that's at the sixth grade level needs sixth grade material, which is a whole different thing we've talked about too. Um, so I'm, I'm fearful that it's going to slow the high kids down and I'm fearful that the district or Thompson is going to go backwards, trying to implement this new program. But it, well, I don't it will know. I be, could be It, will, it, will, I could be it will be
0: interesting. I mean, and and the crazy thing is, is in life, it's like sometimes you find out something that was implemented or something that was put forth. You find out several years later, ooh, that wasn't a good idea. Oops, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> our, our bad, you know. But I think one thing that we know for sure, absolutely. And this is any, you know, to me, this is any uh, breathing human knows that COVID 2020 really did a number on education, really did a number on education. And we know the, the, the research has come out, the data has come out that these kids, when they went back to in-person school in 2021, that they were expected to be at the level or the grade that they were they went into, and they weren't. But yeah. teachers were expected to teach at that, you know, at that grade level. And there are missing foundational pieces, and so um, we we've got to fix that. We've got to yeah. fix that. We have to fix my, that.
1: One of my other fears with the quote unquote program is if you're teaching second or third grade. And a student comes in and they cannot write their name, but they are supposed to be exposed to second grade level text. Are you going to frustrate them? Are they going to shut down? Kids are not resilient these days at all, generalizing very much so. But, you know, if you slap um, a book in front of someone and they can't read it. okay, well. You well, know, and I you, think you this is—I think this is—I
0: think this is really interesting because we've also talked about this as well. But this is where I think the emphasis on small group needs to be placed, and I think there needs to be a better—I um, think admin and our district needs to do a better job of of providing teachers with the professional development so that they can be effective small group instructors where they're meeting the needs of the students at their level in in, in targeted instruction. So what we're seeing is if a second grader, if you have a second grader who comes in, who is still, who, who does not qualify for an IEP, they're just behind, they're making growth, but they're not at the growth that they're supposed to. And so there needs to be time for targeted instruction. The problem Mm -hmm. that I see Robert out in, in the, Behind the curtain, you know, behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, what I see is teachers are like, I don't know what to do in a small group.
1: I don't know.
0: I don't know what to do.
1: You're not wrong. So um, the read by grade three person that Thompson has been in trainings for this stuff. And she's I don't want to make people mad, but I'm going to. She is extremely uh, interested (laughs) In the fact that the quote unquote strategists seem again generalizing, seem to have no idea what to do, mm-hmm. and so it makes me wonder okay, what one, why are these strategists strategists? The two is okay, you said we need to have an explicit um PD in small groups, mm-hmm. okay, that's great, but the people who are in the strategist groups don't really know what to do, and now they're teaching the teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know who's to say that's good? You know, it's just like a domino. One of my things—I don't know what you think about this—I feel like again, we're are we leading in the right way? Are we leading from the front? So, if you have—I'm uh, going to make an example—you have a principal who says you are going to do this program with fidelity it's going to be that way. And you have a strategist who doesn't really know about small groups, but they're kind of trying to do it. And then you uh, you have a school full of that, or let's say you have three schools. And then those teachers move and they are teacher leaders and they show people their way, which might not be good. And then maybe you have some uh, people mm-hmm. become assistant principals from those schools and they're now the quote unquote instructional leaders on how to do this program and they're showing this. It kind of for lack of a better word is kind of like a virus that spreads through leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we, we have that problem uh, in some areas. We don't have great models in a lot of schools. Uh, The people who are the models might not be the best models. I will bet you my left arm that if you did a survey about PD given by the district, that the vast majority of the people attending would say that it was not good. Um. So again, it's kind of like, where do we go to fix this problem? And you say, okay, well, kids, kids are behind. That's right, they are not in kindergarten, first and second. They should be caught up uh, if they've been at school. Mm-hmm. So again, there's so many facets to this year mm-hmm. that really make me question a lot of things. I think it's going to be interesting, just on on so many fronts of how well we at Thompson or CCSD or any any state really how they cope with what's coming down the pike.
0: Well, and I think one of the things that you said is, is interesting because yes, we are in a very large district, one district servicing, you know, uh, I forget how many miles, but more than a hundred miles because you've got Mesquite, you've got, you know, all these areas um, of, of, Vegas and the outskirts of Vegas. We have, you know, service over three hundred thousand students. You know, lots of schools, and so we have a very large district. But all I can control is myself and my classroom.
1: That's it. it's interesting. You you hit the nail on head. Today I posted on Twitter and Instagram. I'm trying to get better at that. Is we are we are in control of our environment. That's it. And so I think, like, as the leader of Thompson, how do I control the environment to keep it positive and keep people? going forward and learning and growing when i've hired a staff that is geared more towards my philosophy and not so program based i have to find a way i do they're going to hear this hopefully but uh the kindergarten teachers at thompson they're fabulous fabulous group abby i mean That's awesome top notch the vast majority of the kids come out of kindergarten reading they are fabulous i have to manipulate for lack of a better word again Them into a new phonics program Mm -hmm. that the district wants them to use when we know what they're using is working. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, again, people don't like change. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, okay, it's okay. We got this. Like, how are you going to do this? When in reality, they've seen success with their old way. Of course, you need to adapt. Um, So, that's like one of the challenges of instructional leaders this year is to cheer them on with Mm -hmm. something that they might not agree with. Uh, and that's, that's another, another challenge that we're going to have this year. It's just, it's a challenging year when it really shouldn't be, I feel like.
0: Well, and I think that's one thing that a good team will do is you will give them opportunities to look at the curriculum that is being supplied to them. And you're going to look at it and you're going to say, okay, this is a great idea. Okay, this is something that I think we can tweak. I think all programs are going to have areas where Um, you say that's too time intensive. Like we don't need to spend 30 minutes, you know, going over, you know, um, the alphabet. We can, Mm -hmm. we can do 10 minutes of that. We can do 10 minutes of phonemic awareness. We can do, you know, spend other, you know, time over here. So I think a good team will, will get together and look at it and determine how to best fit the pieces. And then, some of the power in having a good team and having good leadership is saying, okay, so does anybody have an idea how we can, you know, what's an engagement strategy? What's something simple? Can we, can, what's something simple that we can do with butcher paper that we already have yeah. here at school and doesn't require us to go out and spend a ton of money and a ton, you know, <laughs> and bring in a dunk mm-hmm. tank, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. not that it's not fun, but it's just not feasible for every, every single day. So I think it'll be interesting. Um, I did have a chance to look at the new curriculum that is coming out um, for phonics and literacy, the reading program. I believe, I I believe I looked at the, I'm not, I'm to be honest, I'm not sure if I looked at the phonics or the reading. So I know that sounds crazy, but um, I just happened to see some screenshots and I specifically looked at kindergarten because that's my wheelhouse. That's what I know. And I was actually I was actually impressed because there were elements that I saw that would be very helpful to teachers. We're um, talking about, you know, teaching them how to decode and teaching them how to, um, you know, phonemes. Those were all things that I needed intensive instruction in, and I didn't get that in teacher mm-hmm. college. And so I had to go and find my own PD to learn about that and to learn how to. And so I think that just, I think one of the big things, Robert, is, you know, providing the PD again, I would be interested if you asked your staff, what's the difference between small group and guided reading? Because uh, most teachers have been taught in guided reading. Well, guided reading is telling everybody, okay, we're all going to read the same book, on the same level and we're going to read this book and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. When, when small group is completely different, it's a completely different model. And it's, 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 it's a little, I'm stuttering because I, I believe it takes a little bit more of the teacher, that teacher intuition that you and I Mm -hmm. have talked about before, knowing your students and knowing not just on, where they're at on paper data, but where they're actually performing in the classroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then going into another facet that's kind of shifting gears here too, is one of the district. So one of the district's biggest issues is just uh, chronic absenteeism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so if a kid doesn't show up for 20 or 30 days of this for the first three years, they missed a half a year but yet we got to go page by page by page by page that causes a little bit of problem. But you're like, I guess, I guess my question is looking at it from the outside. Now you're not in the district anymore. If you're a teacher in the district, what would you not look forward to?
0: Well, I think overall in education, what we are seeing, and of course, you know, I have friends that are still in our district. I have friends that are in other districts um, across the country in different places. And it seems to be more metropolitan districts are moving to more scripted based curriculums and they're dictating this is what you can say, this is what you can't say. And then my I have a particular friend who's in a smaller district in a rural part of uh, of America, and she has a lot more freedom and she has a lot more
1: flexibility. Why do you think people are, are more scripted? Why do you think they're why do you think they're controlling us more?
0: Well, I think in bigger metropolitan areas, we see a heavier presence of politics. I'm not saying in smaller towns that they're not because they are. But I think when you get into larger metropolitan areas, there's there's the loud voices, the loud voices that come out and picket and go to uh, in our instant, in our case in Clark County, you know, where we have the. Clark County meeting on Thursday nights, there are certain people who go every single Thursday night and get yep. up there and vocalize and, and, and get on the Facebook groups and, yeah. you know, and it just kind of causes and stirs things up. And, and sometimes I'm not here to say if it's true or it's not true. I'm just saying it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of pressure from society and from politicians and from, um, you know, you know, I don't want to say watchdog groups, but there are there are groups, whether conservative or more not so conservative, that get involved and kind of push their agendas. And I think in a in a metropolitan area, we see a lot more of that than you do in smaller, smaller districts and smaller, um, smaller counties.
1: Do you believe that the way out of, quote unquote, learning loss, which is a lot of theories about that, too? or the pandemic, or whatever, do you feel like the way out of the hole in education is through the use of more um, consistent programs, consistent items? Or, I mean, you and I, I don't know where you're going to go on this, but, you know, or are you of the fact that we need to just train people to be um, more engaging with whatever they need? You know, like, which, which, how do you, what do well, you I see? would love
0: to say, and and it's interesting because we haven't, we haven't done a podcast in six months. And I feel like in six months, like, I don't want to say my mind has changed, <laughs> but I just, I guess I, you know, I'm another year older, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I, and I, I feel like my brain has become a little bit more, I, I want to say realistic in, in the fact that I used to feel like I could be the change I could be, you know, but everybody cannot be the change. Everybody, you you know, everybody cannot be that. And so it's unfair for me to think everybody is going to run at the level that I run at or operate at the level that I operate or think the way that I think that's unfair of me to think that. So I think unfortunately um, programs are needed because if you're saying, well, should we train? Who's training? Who's training? Who's determining the training? Because if it's somebody who hasn't been in the classroom in 20 years, are they really going to provide effective, efficient, practical training? So, and I think, and if you have this person that's training this group over here, and and then you have this, this trainer over here, are they getting the same training? Or, you know, and who's to say... Everybody's opinions are different. Some say, you know, it's engaging to sit there and play quiz, quiz, trade, trade. And some people say it's more engaging to have a room engagement, you know, a room transformation. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately what it comes down to is providing more of a framework for teachers. And then it's up to the teacher if they want to extend upon that.
1: Yeah. You make, you make some good points. Christy and I were talking the other day and, cause I've always, I don't know if you remember back at Smith, I used to be like revolutionize, and I would like
0: <laughs> talk yeah.
1: about being revolutionary because like, that was, uh, my purpose, so to speak, was I want to revolutionize something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be status quo. And she basically was pointing out like that they're they are finding a way to uh, stop you from being revolutionary. Uh, and so you were saying that you feel like it's just it's just the way they're going, where you and I couldn't do or be the way we want to be, because it's not the way the system's going. I'm struggling this year with, you know, I want to be revolutionary and do fun things, but I have the district kind of say no, we got to do this and this and this, and it's not me. So I'm kind of with you on that and the fact that. I don't know. And then you made a great point too. It's kind of what I brought up earlier where who's training the future leaders, Mm -hmm. who's training the future principals, APs, when you're going into, uh, when you're going to classes with principals, are they the principals that are successful or are they principals who applied and um, who the district likes? You know, I talked about in the book, it's all about perspective is, there are some great principals at one-star schools. Phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They should be leading these classes, even though they're a one-star school, because they're facing so many of the current problems in the world. And what that leads me to believe is that we're not focusing on the right problems. I think we need to focus more on chronic absenteeism because you can't teach them if we're not there. I think we need to focus more on engagement because if you are Ben Stein, it doesn't matter if they're there. Mm -hmm. And, And that's my frustration is, no, we're just giving... Resources, 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 but so many of, um, you know, like at Thompson, Shauna, and, and Angie and I talk about science or teaching is an art. Mm-hmm. It's an art and you have to know what kids need this and what kids need that. And, you know, like and I kind of think about too, like think about when my kids were born or, you know, you, I had cancer and you've had things, there's no one specific program just for everybody. Right. Not everybody gets not the same one amount of radiation. Oh, not everybody right. gets the same amount of chemo. Not everybody stays in the NICU the same amount of time. Because I think medicine's kind of a little bit of an art too. You know, like oh we do this and do that. And I think that we as a district or society are getting away from the art piece and we should be focusing on that more. It is an art. You can't just open the school <laughs> well, you, and expect everybody you, to come.
0: You actually may as you're saying that it's very interesting because I think that's very true. So we have, uh, this is, uh, uh, I'm going to bring a personal perspective. So my husband has, um, he had a quad accident. Um, it's been almost two years ago. He he wrecked a quad and he lacerated his spleen. And so he had to be taken to, um, we were out of town. So he had to be taken to an emergency room out of town. They got him in there. They were able to, um, the bleeding stopped on its own. So he just ended up being in there overnight. But since that injury, he has had a lot of digestive issues. And so the reason why it made me think of this is because, you know, what we've been through in the last year and a half is, you know, he went to our primary doctor. And so he said, these are the issues I'm having. I feel really full when I eat and, you know, I can't eat very much and I feel very full. OK, well, we're going to send you to this doctor. So then they send him to this doctor. OK, before you go to this doctor, you have to have this approved by your insurance. So then you go, you, you finally get this approved by the time it's two months later. And then you go to this doctor and they say, "Okay, well we kind of think it's this, but we got to do this test." Oh, your test came back. It, it it's not that, so we're going to try this. So it's it's just kind of going through the motions. And so far we have a year and a half later found out zero, zero. And he has had every he has had x-rays, cat scans, MRIs, um thoracic, uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. Procedures. He's had all these things. And it's interesting to me because I'm like, at some point, is somebody gonna try to just not go through the protocol? And kind of say like, I have an idea, like maybe this is possibly it, but no, it's just, okay, we're going to send you to the next doctor. And I feel like that's kind of what you're saying is we're just going through the protocols. We're mm-hmm. not really looking at a student and saying like, this is what I think the student needs. This is what these kids need. But instead we're like, nope, we got to go through the channels. We got to go through the proper channels. We got to go you yeah. know, through the insurance company. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess you can't have that test because it's not approved. You know, yeah, I think, well, guess you can't have that book because that's not approved, you know.
1: I don't understand and again, I, you know, I'm I'm definitely different. I admit that, but I just don't know if we're looking big enough picture or we're doing uh uh crazy enough stuff, so to speak, to to fix this. And that's uh that's just not me. Like, I don't I don't if I well, if I had like- if I if I had billions of dollars, I'd be like, "I, you know, I, I can't buy into this because it's not what I believe in, but um
0: well, everything is moving at, at a, at a fast pace, except for education.
1: Yeah. You know, well, we're I mean, still, some medical we're stuff still,
0: but... we're still on a, a, on, you know, a 20, well, 30 year ago trajectory.
1: You I know, we're I feel like still... I went back in time to when I walked into my first classroom and there was trophy books there and we're going to read one page or one story a week and we're going to do this. And, you know, RTI also, I feel like is going back a little bit. And, it, and that's my frustration is like, we got to move forward. And, uh, and again, it's philosophical, but I don't know if, uh, where we're going, what are we going to do hypothetically? If in three years when we have the new program and scores are flat and the high kids are falling, what then what's going to be the reason then I might be wrong. I, I, and I will three years ago, hopefully the podcast is rolling. I'll be, I was wrong. Yeah. But what if, what if the new programs don't fix the problems. What if kids show up and the program's boring and they're like, I don't want to go to school today and do that? That's boring. You're fighting Instagram, you're fighting TikTok. You can't be normal. You just can't. And people don't like that. But what if in three years? And again, yeah, you know, three years, I mean it's
0: well, it's maybe our be leadership's interesting. not there again. I, I, mean, I, I think it's gonna be really interesting, Robert, because something that I have personally seen come into hand, especially the last few months, is AI. So uh, yeah, so we're going to talk that about gonna, that too. Yeah, so how is that going to come into play? Because we are we're fighting, you know, so many things, and we think more of an elementary level because that's where we're at. But mm-hmm. you know, middle school and high school have to deal with AI way more than we do. But is that going to impact teaching? Is that going to be, you know, is no? That- well,
1: I mean, like, the question is no. For well, it depends. So, like, we have uh, Tracy. You remember Tracy? Tracy's mm-hmm. going back to Thompson this year. I was texting this morning, i like, Trace, you got to get them started on AI. Like, that's the next thing. Let's stay ahead of it. But then you know there's going to be some leaders who are like, no, you are sticking to this program. No AI. No anything. And then 10 years from now, when AI runs the world and you haven't done anything, whoa, what the heck? It's going to be like, I think education just does not stay ahead of the curve enough. Uh, and one area I can prove is the standards. The standards are antiquated. In many ways, shapes, and forms. Now, again, like I don't think we're thinking big enough to fix this problem. And I often wonder at times if they want to fix the problem.
0: Well, if we look, I, I'm not sure because if we look at if we look at how fast technology has changed just in the last ten years. I'm not talking twenty years. I'm just talking ten years. In the yeah. last ten years. I mean, we've went from from ha- especially in our district, where some some classrooms didn't even have smart boards, didn't even have computers that worked. And now since 2020, it's like every classroom has, yeah. you know, Let's working working Let's technology.
1: To Let's be fair, to the district, you know, technology has been upgraded greatly from you know, from pre COVID. Well that's what um, but that's what I'm saying you know, was
0: you're you're looking at ten in the last ten years. You know the strides that have come about in society—not talking education, but just in society. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, look at Zelle and look at um, you know Cash App, and it's like all these things that are, you know, ten years ago we didn't have, and now we have, and it's like the click of the button, things are happening. And can education stay up, up to date, and 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 be meeting these needs? Of you know, it's interesting to me that you know, are they still are they still teaching kids how to write checks? Because that's kind of a way of the past, you know, in a way of the that's past. A, so,
1: yeah, there's so many interesting theories out there. Um, I should have Christy on sometime and just talk about all of her. <laughs> she's, she's uh, very intrigued by a lot of what you're saying, but let's just, let's just fast forward three years from now. Let's say the teachers get a significant raise this year. Most States are doing it. Clark County is going to do it if they can ever agree. Um, you know, hypothetically, the teachers are going to make approximately, I'm just, I don't know for sure, let me quote me, 18% more in two years. So you're going to get 10 this year in eight years. That seems to be the word. So in three years, when you're making basically 20% more and you have all the resources that you're supposed to need and your scores still stink, what then?
0: Well, I think you're going to have better a group training? of teachers that- We need that's... better training. Well, I think you're going to have a group of teachers that- have the philosophy that, look, I am doing what you've asked me to do and I'm leaving at 321 and I will be here back again at 805 in the morning and say la vie. And then there's going to be another group of teachers that are going to say, oh, you know, that are panicking and like, why can't, you know, what, what can I do and how can I get there? And, and I think that's just the ever continual cycle that's going to happen. I don't have sad. an answer for it, Rob. Yeah, I, I mean, I that's I mean, one thing just... that's been a little bit, you know, it, it's been a catch 22 with the podcast has been we propose these things and sometimes we don't, a lot of times we don't have the answers. We don't even have a solution yeah. because there's too many, there's too many factors. There's too many, you know, um, there's too many caveats to it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we
1: don't. I just, I just wonder, you know, so many times again, I just think and think, I mean, this is my profession. I've, devoted my life to this i don't know if we truly want to fix the problem you never uh like even this year um people are still having fingerprint issues it takes forever for you to get hired um they're throwing these programs at us on uh, on july 24th there's not one book on my campus yet not one material magically they want us to figure that out we will in our own good time Salary, insurance, on and on and on, on on. Nothing. I, I shouldn't say nothing, but very rarely do I feel like problems are getting fixed. And I, I think too, and again, I don't have any um, hard data on this, but if you just think about it, if they fix the problems, why would we need them? Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just, you know, thinking about that. If if everybody could just teach and all the schools were doing great, why would we need? certain people or certain things or or whatever um it's kind of like politicians you know if they got along and they did things good for america we wouldn't need them really but i don't i just don't know where education is going and it's definitely not going the way i would hope it would so i don't know i think i think think
0: ultimately you know for you who who are running who is running a school I think it's incumbent on you to provide the teachers what they need and then provide them the support. So again, you know, what, what is important? Well, it's going to be targeted instruction. It's going to be, you got to give them that time, you know, that they can put that in their day. So it's not filled with all this, you know um, scripted time, but they are going to need time to have targeted instruction for those kids that are, that are, need support. And then those kids that are above and, and need extension. So I think that's, that's incumbent on you. And I think you create the atmosphere for your building. You create, you create um, the opportunities for your staff. And I think all that we can do is, you know, you're, you're one person, so you're not in control of a certain teacher's feelings or her attitude or his attitude or how he, sees things all you can be in control of is yours and, um, try to run, run your building the best that you can. And as a teacher, I think, you know, I've heard different people, you know, say, you know, go in and close your door, do what's best for kids.
1: And that, you but that bugs me. Like, why are you in this profession? If you, um, you know, what comes with a job when you sign up or you should, you know, you know, it's going to be extra work. You know, you're going to be undervalued, you know, this, you know, that, You know that you're going to have June and July off, probably, even though you're going to think about teaching all the time. Uh, You know what comes with the job, so why? Like, uh, I think it was, I think it's Gino R.A.M., the coach for UConn. He he said, when you come to UConn, we don't coach effort. Mm -hmm. Your effort should be a given. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way, and I think sometimes, not not so much at Thompson, although they definitely push back, but um, I feel like oftentimes, we have to coach effort in education because people just don't come in with the right framework or they feel so undervalued. It's like, why try, why do that? But the I kids are going to come in and be me. The admin's me. The district isn't paying me.
0: And I think, right. and I think sometimes, you know, we've shared, we've talked about this too, though. I think one of the things that people forget to realize, it's kind of like people in the medical field. You're not just dealing with, it's not just how much a teacher knows or how great of a teacher she is you're dealing with students who have who have issues who yeah. have home life issues you're dealing with parents you know one parent coming in and chewing you out can wreck your day can wreck, wreck, your, wreck month, your week your you know yeah. so so i think there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that you could have the best outlook you could have the most positive you know we've worked with teachers like that that have such a positive outlook and such a cheerful attitude and then somebody can just come in and just pop that bubble burst yeah. that bubble and then you know who's you know is it incumbent on them it is incumbent on them to to fill that bubble back up and sometimes you know you have your coworkers who can or your admin who can who can you know fill your bubble up but but i just think there's a lot of you know people forget that, you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that can, that can, You know, if you're at a school where you have all the supplies you need and you don't, they don't, they, they allow you to laminate without restricting you, that's probably gonna, (laughs) that's probably gonna make you, you know, it's gonna, it's probably gonna brighten your day. But maybe you're, you're, you're somebody who goes to a school and you had no idea that you're not allowed to laminate, that you have to get approval to laminate. That's probably really gonna go, you know, send you you
1: down. I, I had to show, um, A teacher who's coming to Thompson from a different school. This is her sixth year, and she's never been able to laminate anything. And she asked me to show her how to use the laminator. I was like, "What? Are you serious?" Mm -hmm. And and that just fascinates me. Like, why are we not trusting people to be able to do certain things? I I think that we're killing. I think we are we are killing ourselves from within with all these rules and 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 ultimately, kind of sum it up. I think is. It comes down to one word, control. Mm -hmm. I want to control my environment. Principals want to control their teachers. Teachers want to control their classrooms. Kids want to control their environment. Mm -hmm. Superintendents want to control the district. It -hmm. comes down to the word control. And I saw a great uh, quote by Phil Jackson today. He said, leadership is about giving other other people control. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that, you know, that's one thing about, about, you know, you, when you worked with me, like, I give you a lot of control of your environment. And so many people can't do that.
0: Well, and what's interesting, and, and I'll just, you know, we're getting to the end of our podcast. So I'll just kind of share this one thing that I always shared with teachers, and this is easy to do with kindergartners, but I think this is something that we could implement, that all people could implement if they just think about it a little bit. So when I was in the classroom, and we would do literacy stations or math tubs. I put into the math tubs or the literacy stations what I wanted them to work on, but I gave options.
1: You could totally. So it.
0: they felt empowered they had that choice. they got to choose. Yep. But ultimately I was choosing because I was saying, you're gonna do this CVC, you know, uh, principle, or you're gonna do this CVC game, or you're gonna do this digraph game. And then, oh, here you can choose between these three. Oh, you know, they felt so empowered. Because they got to choose and ultimately I chose. And I think that's, you know, that that's something that an effective leader does is allows them to have to to have control, to have choice, because everybody wants to feel like they had the power to choose. And but ultimately, you know, here's here's what you can do. Which one do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then them feeling like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. This is, this is you're I, I'm so glad that I got to choose and you didn't tell me what I had to do, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, you just, you just made it work for them. You're like, I'll do things like, um, well, you have the choice. You can go back to class and act appropriately or you can sit here and call mom and dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, ultimately everybody wants control and letting go of it. I use this analogy, I don't know if I've talked about this before, where the teachers uh, in the classroom and they're getting ready to do small groups for the first time. And they let them go do small groups and instantly they can handle it or they can't. But if they can't, they grab control back. And now we're doing whole group. Everybody come mm-hmm. back to your desks, And it's kind of like that with principals. Okay, teachers, go plan something out. And then you wait and see how it turns out. Okay, no, that didn't work. Now we got to micromanage it. Rather than coaching them and saying, no, like try this way, try that way. It's hard to well, let go. Well, and it's interesting. That's control. an interesting.
0: That's an interesting concept too. Because, is it? Is it? the, you know, my dad has this old saying, you always liked it when my, when I shared my dad's old saying, he would say, if there's 10 horses and one horse doesn't drink from the water, it's the horse. But if nine horses don't drink from the water, it's the water. So is it the horse or is it the water? So if it's the horse, then I think that's where you need to go and talk to that teacher. But so often we have seen in districts and in principal- in buildings where one or two horses, teachers, haven't been you know they're not following they're not doing what is expected and then everybody has to sit in on the meeting yeah, when anyway, really that's... it should just be the you know somebody going to those to you know to the same with low performing schools why mm-hmm. don't why don't you send resources and 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 um and coaches to that school instead of everybody having to do it but Yeah,
1: I'm guilty of that. We I could talk about this that. stuff am, all day long, of Robert. That. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm guilty of that. But, yeah, like, you know, I think, too, sorry, I got to defend the admin position. I'll do that, you know, where I talk to all the horses. But then oftentimes if I talk to just the horse, nobody knows about it, and they really shouldn't because, you know, who right. wants to know that you're in trouble? Um, but, yeah, you're – you know, there's another great book. I, I think I, – I know i read this with the Thompson staff if you're out there and you're not at Thompson – uh, if you're riding a horse and it dies, get off the horse. You know, like, and it's a great book because it talks about uh, you're riding a horse and it dies. What do you do? And then like this person comes along, and he's like, throw a committee at it. We need to study dead horses. And then the next one comes and yeah. he's like, throw some money at it. We just need more money. And the other one's like, check yeah, right. the food. Are we feeding them correctly? And it's such a metaphor. Actually, it's in. Uh, it should be in Dr. Johnson's book because I use it. Um, unless they cut it out. But you know, like it's such a metaphor because we know what the problem is. The horse is dead. But yeah. We just keep trying to figure out how we to make the horse We can't come back let to go line. that the horse is dead. And I, gotta... I feel like I feel like with the new programs work we're, we're trying to revive trophies or we're trying to revive things, just to put it in kind of today's terms. But uh thank you as always for your time. I'll have you back, I promise. Thank you for yes. being so kind to let me run off on this adventure. It might last two podcasts. It might last 30, but Abby, finish it up. Finish it up one more time. Well, from here on
0: out, um, it's going to be the Robert. It's all about perspective with Robert from Thompson Elementary. And um, I'm going to be plugging right along. You can find me over at Kindergarten Chaos, especially if you're um, early education. That's where you'll find me. But occasionally, I'm sure we'll cross paths again, and we'll do podcasts. We, we love to talk education. That's one We're thing down. that we definitely have in common. So we appreciate everybody following us for if you've been with us the whole entire time. Thank you. And um, if you have just been joining us, and you are here for the Alpha and Omega. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you for joining us. And no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in your career, um, it's you just have to remember that. It's all about perspective. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody has a perspective and everybody thinks their perspective's right. But it's always good to see somebody else's perspective. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, Robert for taking the taking the helm and moving forward with this and make sure that you continue to follow. It's all about perspective um, podcast. and he has his own Instagram. and um, we will catch you guys. Robert will catch you on the next episode and I will find you guys somewhere around. So as always, it's all about perspective. All right.
1: Thanks guys. Uh, well, hope to see you next week. Uh, it's going to be fun. Again, thank you, Abby, for that. And uh, I look forward to it, carry on, carrying on this uh, tradition. And I know at some point in time you'll come back and you'll give me your opinion on what I have covered. So yes.
0: <laughs> all Sounds right. Thank good. you. Very, Thanks everyone thank for joining much. us. All right. Bye-bye.